good evening and welcome to another installment of Real Talk with Terry After Hours. You guys, this is April 1st. It's April Fool's Day. And one of my Facebook friends said it first. It is so much crazy-ish happening in the real world. We got to cancel April Fool's Day today. So... <laughs> we got enough real life stuff happening we don't have time for no jokes <laughs> this year so april fool's day is officially canceled but what i was made aware of or what i do know is that april is sti awareness month and we i am honored to welcome back to real talk with terry our resident sexpert and sexual sensei miss brie welcome back brie hello hello i'm so happy to be here Awesome. And I just want to open with because we have been, um, you know, going on a trend of, you know, healthcare and just talking about some really important topics. And I know um, maybe um, a month or so back, we talked about um, just healthcare and how black and brown communities are, you know, disproportionately affected by um, health. And that extends over into er every area, what I'm finding out. And I just wanna um, start with um, this quote that I found, um, on a health site about STDs and STIs. It says, STDs disproportionately affect disadvantaged people and people in social networks where a high-risk sexual behavior is common and either access to care or health-seeking behavior is compromised. And I thought that was interesting. I was like, so disparities in healthcare is not just in one area. It's not just in, you know, screening for cancer. It's not just in heart health. It's not just in, you know, high blood pressure or whatever, but it seems to transcend all across the board. And, you know, anytime you have marginalized people, it just seems like lack of healthcare and information just kind of follow suit. So with that, Brie, I love to put positivity out there. I love to put information and knowledge out there. So my first question, if you can just educate us all on what is an STI as opposed to an STD? What is the difference between the two? So the technical difference is the difference between whether or not we are talking about an infection or a disease. So not all infections lead to a disease. Mm -hmm. So for example, there are some sexually transmitted infections that when treated and you take your medications and you're cured from it, it does not progress to a disease state. However, there are STDs such as chlamydia and gonorrhea, where if left untreated, then it could develop into a disease state mm -hmm. and cause um, major health concerns within the body. Okay. So um, a lot of times, though, you will hear people use them interchangeably, but that is the technical difference. Got it. Okay. So that's the technical difference. Mm -hmm. It is mainly in the infection as opposed to disease. Correct. And what are some um, STDs? So there are different types of STDs. So I like to group them into two categories. So you have your curable and then you have your non-curable. Mm -hmm. So your curables are caused by bacteria and parasites. So that would be chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis. Those are caused by bacteria. And then you have trichomoniasis, which is caused by parasites. There's mm -hmm. also scabies and pubic lice as well that is grouped into that parasitic category. So those, generally speaking... You can, uh, if a person becomes infected with those, they can seek medical treatment, take an antibiotic, 
for an antifungal and get cured for that infection. Mm-hmm. Now, I say typically speaking because, for example, gonorrhea has strains that are resistant to antibiotics. Mm. So just because it was curable at one point, a person could come into contact with a strain that is um, resistant to that antibiotic treatment and then now it's not curable. And so it progresses into going back to that disease state, which yeah. um, gonorrhea and chlamydia when left untreated. Um, can develop into what's called pelvic inflammatory disease. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's where that comes from. Pelvic inflammatory yeah. disease. Got yeah. it. Okay. And, is, and then we have the, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say, so is that where um, they encourage the parents of adolescents to get them immunized against that? Is Is that, am I thinking about the right disease where they say um if you get your adolescents um get the immunization or whatever that's what is protecting them against is that what it is or no am i thinking about the wrong one so immunizations uh as far as stis are concerned are mostly related to hpv human virus yes hpv that's it so pelvic inflammatory is um, an infection that affects the female reproductive organs and it can uh, lead to infertility and yes. so once it progresses, the damage is irreversible. Wow. Mm-hmm. Irreversible. That's serious. And so that's why it's so important to make sure that if you are infected, you're getting treated because mm-hmm. a lot of these are curable. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was the curable category. And you said the other category is your non-curables. So what are those? So those are the virals, which means they are caused by viruses. So we typically remember those because they are the four H's, Mm -hmm. HIV, HPV, hepatitis, uh, B, and uh, herpes. herpes. (laughs) I did my research. (laughs) (laughs) So those are the four H's and those are caused by viruses. So they, so here's the difference. They are treatable, which mm-hmm. means you can treat them. You can take medications to allow you to have a pretty decent quality of life for a person who is infected. However, to date, and I always say to date because things change, to yep. date, there are no cures for any of these. So there's no cure for um, HIV, HPV, herpes, and hepatitis B. Hepatitis. Hepatitis. What did you say? B? Yes. B, hepatitis B, because there's different ones, like A, isn't it A, B, and C? Correct, and hepatitis B is the one that is associated with uh, sexual contact. Got it, got it. Okay, that's great information. So that's good to know, um, especially considering, um, you know, I remember when um, HIV came on the scene, you know, I was young, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when AIDS, it was initially AIDS. And then it was, as we became more educated, we learned that, okay, there's HIV, and then there's AIDS. But um that was almost like a death sentence. You know, somebody got an HIV diagnosis. It's like, we looked at it back then, you know, 20, 25, 30 years ago, that was like a death sentence. Whereas now, um, I mean, people are living long and relatively normal lives with that Mm -hmm. diagnosis. So I'm so glad you said, and I would just like to stress that, um, 
with treatment and with medicines, you can live a relatively normal life with, um, you know, an STI that's uncurable, just so that people know that and know that it's not the death sentence that it once was. I mean, information is power. And that is why I enjoy doing my show and my podcast, because I aim to get correct information out there, uh, positive information and information that people can use. So I totally appreciate you bringing your expertise on the um, on this topic to the show. So um, I want to know, like, how do STDs and STIs, how do they affect a person's life? We've kind of delved into it a little bit, but how do they affect a person's life? So a lot of the biggest thing that comes with STIs is the stigma associated with STIs. And there's not a lot of conversation surrounding STIs. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were to eliminate that stigma, you can still live a healthy life with an STI diagnosis, even mm-hmm. if you have an STI that is considered non-curable. Mm-hmm. It's all about having those conversations and educating yourself and your partner so that, see, this is my thing. I always say, disclose your status up front so you're not taking away a person's um, right to choose because just because you're infected with the STD that doesn't mean that you're not still valuable you absolutely are still valuable and you are still a whole person and that's okay but you don't want to take away someone else's right to decide okay yeah I still want to be with you or engage in intercourse with you or no I don't want to do that let the person have the ball in their court to make that decision so with that being said if we are able to destigmatize conversations surrounding sexually transmitted infections and HIV, then I really think that, you know, we, that could contribute to the reduction in the rates of the rising STI cases. Absolutely. Um, I, I saw a statistic on the CDC's website this morning that said that um, every year in the United States alone, there are 20 million new cases. And so again, testing is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I made a reel today about when you text your boo, let me see your test results and they get mad or they get annoyed. Like, why you want to see my test results? Like, because I need to see for myself. So I know what I'm getting myself into. So Absolutely. if we just remember that our health is our responsibility, our own responsibility and not rely on someone else, then I really believe that could help reduce the cases because now, you know, okay, this person is infected. Let's see how I can get help them get treated or prevent them prevent myself from coming into contact with that infection you know if that's the situation and so um that leads me to my next point like always look at your partner's test results never take their words for it because believe it or not most of the common sexually transmitted infections are asymptomatic mm. which they do not present symptoms mm. so a lot of people do not experience the typical symptoms you know we have the itching the burning the discolored discharges, the odors, and things like that. Yes, you can experience that, but there are a lot of STDs where you either don't have a lot of those symptoms or you mistake them for something else. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying that to say, just because you're not having symptoms, does not mean you cannot still transmit the infection, number one. Mm. And then number two, you can't look at somebody and tell whether or not they have an STD or HIV. Yeah, I could be fine as wine, but guess what? You don't know my status unless you see it for yourself. Thank so you. Always look at those results for yourself. Absolutely. And oh my God, I cannot stress that enough. You cannot look at a person 
and tell if they had something. And I, I shared this with you right before we got started that in one of my little text groups with my um, some close friends and sorors that, you know, we all went to college together. We were just kind of like, you know, joking, having a back in the day memory. And, you know, we were just joking that, you know, that typically it was like the finest guys on campus or the guys that all the girls wanted, they were like, they were the ones that had the STDs, you know, spreading it around campus. And we, then they would always tell us, you cannot look at a guy or a girl. You cannot look at somebody and determine whether or not they are carrying something. Because like you just said, Brie, you can look fine. You can be fine as wine, but that does not mean that, you know, you're not HIV positive or that you don't have herpes. And I've heard this, um, you know, just over and over um, in young people's group, which is kind of sad. It's not kind of sad. It's very sad because over the years I've uh, worked in youth ministries a lot and I hear that over and over again where, you know, young girls and young guys, they transmit um, sexually transmitted diseases because they try to go by, well, he didn't look like he had anything mm -hmm. or she didn't look like she had anything. And I'll just never forget one story that a um, young lady told about her cousin who transmitted herpes from, you know, a popular girl in the neighborhood. Oh, she was gorgeous. She was pretty. And all the girls, all the guys wanted her. And obviously all the guys had her. Um, and she was giving people herpes. And then she ended up getting the nickname in the community. Uh, what was it? Beautiful, but deadly, you know? And it's like, who, <laughs> isn't that sad? You know, these are young people. My mouth up off the floor. I know like her mouth, if you guys can see her mouth just like plopped open. And I'm like, who wants that kind of, you know, moniker or something associated with you like that? And, and in part, Brie, you brought up something, you know, really important. We have to get rid of the stigma first and foremost. We have to get rid of the stigma around STIs and STDs. And then we also have to, um, like you said, disclose your status when you're in relationships. Now, for people that are just out there living for the day and just kind of sleeping around... Um, I really don't know what to tell you because like you said, people are not, especially a casual hookup or something like that. People are not going to sit up and tell you if they like, oh yeah, by the way, I got herpes, you know, <laughs> let's get it on. I mean, it's like, nobody's going to do that. So I really don't know what to tell people that just do those casual hookups, but for people that are in relationships and stuff, you're absolutely right. You need to see the results. You talk about it, you see the results, and we really need to um, dispel the stigma around STIs and STDs. Now, was it right what the community did to this, you know, young lady referring to her as like beautiful but deadly and people like knowing what that means that she's giving people herpes or whatever? No, that's not fair. But, you know, her too you know you know your status and you still having unprotected sex with people you know what if you contract something else you so know I feel, the way I feel about that is mm -hmm. I yes it is irresponsible on her behalf yeah. but we cannot put the, all the blame on her because at the end of the day the, she didn't force these men to have sex with her as far as we know she didn't force these men to have sex with her That's so true. my thing is you need to take care of yourself. Yes. Oh, you know, you fine or whatever, and you look good. I want to smash, but I'm still going to wear this condom, you Hello? know? Uh, and then, so another thing about herpes too, since we're talking about herpes, is that herpes is such a silent virus. 
and it is so tricky. It's not done in the routine STD panel. So if you were to go to your healthcare provider today and say, hey, I want to get tested for everything. Herpes is not a routine screening. That's herpes. interesting. So that's not part of routine screening. It's not. A person has to be having symptoms in order for them to swab the, the lesion or the sore so that they can see if those cells are detected. Interesting. What strain, correct. So, so interesting. So you could be passing it perhaps and not yeah. even really know that you have it. Yeah. So don't quote me on this statistic. Yes. Early, yes. Yeah. But approximately like 95% of people in America live with herpes simplex virus. <laughs> yeah. I wish you guys could have so, saw my reaction. <laughs> so there's so so the one that I'm mainly referring to is oral herpes or herpes yes. one. Yes. So those would be like, you know how cold when the weather sore. changes, uh -huh. yeah, or you get sick, you get that cold sore um, yes. around your around mouth. mouth. Mm -hmm. But if you perform oral sex on a partner, you can transmit that strain of herpes to their genitals. And now they have that strain of herpes on their genitals. Wow. So yeah, if you, again, we're talking about, again, don't quote me verbatim, but yes. the point is a lot of people have herpes one and you can have an outbreak. Man, if you are having an outbreak, I always just say refrain from any type of sexual activity. Mm -hmm. Kissing, oral sex, just refrain from it until your um, cold sore goes away. Absolutely. Oh, my God. And that is why I, I don't know if this is a cultural thing or a family thing, because our family being on that, they'd be like, don't kiss my baby. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Girl, we did not play that. I would be on people like a hawk. I'm like, first of all, everybody is not going to even hold my baby. And second of all, do not put your lips on my baby. Do not kiss their hand. Don't kiss mm -hmm. their forehead. Do not. I don't know where your lips been. Do not put your lips on my baby. You know, that is my baby. You know, don't, mm -mm, nope, I don't play that. Yes, I've heard of situations where infants have contracted herpes and some have even passed away. I read that. Of a family member kissing them yes. and their body cannot handle that viral load. Exactly. So, mm -hmm. um, so be mindful of that. Yes. Um, and then, you know, again, like there is a lot of stigma with STIs and we're talking about herpes and, and there are medications for these viruses and these uh, infections. But the biggest thing, again, is communication. I always ask when I'm talking to students and even adults, would you rather have the conversation on the front end? Like, hey, let's go get tested or on the back end. Oh, I got to tell you, you know, I tested yeah. the positive. You need to go get tested too. Which one of those conversations is more comfortable? And a lot of people are always like, how do you talk to somebody I'm scared what if they feel yes. some type of way and I'm like look if you are advocating for yourself and for your health by asking someone to see their test results and they feel some type of way about that that's not the sex partner for you hello and if you are uncomfortable having the conversation you're not ready for sex hello so you have to be able to have those comfortable conversations everybody want to have sex everyone want to do it I mean it's great it feels good but are you also able to be mature enough to have these uncomfortable conversations? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I always, like, people know me, like, I'm the sex educator. People know, I'm, hey, let me see your test results. Like, they be like, you really asked somebody that? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, there is no shame in my game. No shame. Oh, my God. That's good. This is such good information. I mean, that's deep because you're right. Um, it is a very uncomfortable conversation to have, but I mean, ask yourself, 
I like what you just said. Do you want to have the conversation on the front end or do you want to have the conversation on the back end? You know, I think we need to hash this out on the front end. You know, um, this is good. And um, I would just say too that you don't have to be quote unquote sexually promiscuous or quote unquote a hoe to get an STD. You yeah. literally can do everything the right way, quote unquote. I'm using a lot of quotes here. Uh -huh. um, but you can do everything the right way, you know, only wait till you're married, only have sex with one person and still get infected. So I hate when people always associate, oh, she's positive for X, Y, Z. Oh, she must have been sleeping with everybody. No, you. it only takes one person one time of unprotected sex. Thank and sometimes you. protected sex because condoms are not 100% effective and they do not protect you against all STDs. I like that. That's good. I like that because you're dispelling a lot of myths because you're absolutely right. When we think of, um, you know, STDs or STIs, we do, we tend to associate that with whorish behavior. And you're mm -hmm. absolutely right. That's not always the case. All it takes is that one time to have unprotected sex. And what we have to realize or what people have to realize that are out there like that, when you have sex with a person, you're not just having sex with that person, you're having sex with that person's previous sexual partners. And then that person's previous sexual partners, everybody that they've had unprotected sex with. So you have to like do everybody's body count, you know, not just that person, but you got to keep going back and it gets out of control. And I mean, just that thought alone, like makes you want to be like, nah, you need to wrap this up. You know, it's like, we not going down. It's not going down like this, because when you think about it like that, you know, that you're, I'm, I'm not just having sex with this person, but I'm having sex with their previous sex partners and then their previous sex partners and then their previous sex partners. And like I said, it can web out of control and all it takes is that one time. Now I do have another, um, in some information or a quote that I got, and this was, um, an AARP study and something that they put out there. Um, and you know, for those who don't know this is like you know this is the old people things AARP when you get to be a certain age you're gonna love AARP so that's what I've heard but anyway <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, AARP put out something and they said STDs continue to rise for older adults which is an interesting phenomenon because what we do know um, based on research is that the biggest group um, of people who tend to contract and pass STDs and STIs are um, our 18 to 24 year old population. And obviously, you know, that's for obvious reasons, you know, um, they- yeah, exactly. College. We graduated high school. We out of here. Yes, I'm feeling myself. I'm out there. I'm young, fun. I'm, I'm young, having fun and full of, I ain't going to finish it out. <laughs> but that's what they used to say when I was in college. Like, I'm like, oh, y'all so nasty. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, um, so that is, um, AARP's concern right now is that um, the rise in STDs among older adults. Do you want to address that at all? Absolutely. So I remember when I first became a sex educator, the statistic was always 50% of STI cases um, come from ages 18 to 24. Okay, let's think about that. 50%. So who is the other 50%? Mm -hmm. People 25 and up, right? Mm -hmm. so, so we focus so much of our prevention methods on 
that age group that we totally was not focusing on this other 50% of the spectrum who are 25 and up. And so when we think about older adults, let's go back to that whole stigma thing and, and just sex education in general. Older adults were not taught sex education. And now mm-hmm. these are the people who are in our nursing homes. Yeah. Let me tell you, I have been to nursing homes to do presentations because people have called me like, yeah, we got a real high case of chlamydia or, you know, things like that mm-hmm. going around because older people like to have sex too. Sex feels good. So they're not going to stop just because they're older if it's something that they would like to do. But the thing is, they're not educated mm-hmm. on how to protect themselves. And then we also have that whole idea Again, pretty much like I said, oh, they're old people. They're not having sex. You know, why are we talking to them about sex? We don't we don't talk to um older adults about condoms and how to wear them correctly, you know? And so they've never been um taught that information. And so yes, they are making up that other part of the case diagnoses because they are not educated on how to properly protect themselves. Mm, wow. That's interesting. I mean, I would have, and like I said, I don't purport to know everything. I always, I learn something new every time we, you know, have one of these discussions. I learn something new every day. Um, But girl, I would not have thought that. I mean, me either. I would not have thought that, you know, you need to teach sex education to older adults. Absolutely. Um, You know, and I, I remember, I even remember something a few years ago, I was in a meeting And again, it may have been like an AARP study or something that AARP had put out. And they were concerned at that point because um, they said in specific that what they were seeing was a higher number of older adults contracting um, HIV. And they were like, okay, what's contributing to that phenomenon? And they had a a couple of theories, you know, people are divorcees. And like you said, Mm -hmm. um, they're getting back out there, um, you know, changing up sex partners because, okay, their husband or their wife died. And so now they're back out there perhaps dating, or like you said, in a nursing home or some kind of assisted living facility. And, you know, where you got men and women or whatever, it's like, we're social beings. So we're going to be social and we're going to do what we're going to do. And um, that was something else that um, AARP has specifically, if I'm getting the organization right, years ago, that they were seeing, you know, a higher incident of HIV cases in older adults, which was surprising because again, like the perception is you don't think that um, older adults are having sex, but they are, you know. They absolutely are. And so, you know, it's crazy to me that sex education is under attack right now because it's so important with every aspect of life, like in every age group. And, you know, and, and as a result of the attack on sex education, like our communities are suffering. Yes. And like you said earlier, we are, especially people of color, marginalized people, we are being disproportionately affected because we don't have access to certain resources. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so yes, you know, uh, education, sex education, and how to wear condoms correctly. And, and then some older adults are not even familiar with just the whole idea of STIs. You know, just that's even a new phrase within itself, you know. It is. All venereal diseases at one point. Right, it was. So, you know, right. that, that predates me, you know, kind of being an adult and being aware. But right, that pre- the whole, it was called venereal diseases. And then, you know, when I was coming of age, 
um, I remember it being referred to as STDs, you know, sexually mm-hmm. transmitted diseases. And then just recently, a few years ago, I learned that, okay, no, it's not just, or it's not STDs, but it's STIs because it includes infections. So I'm like, okay, it, it evolves, it changes, the language changes, we learn more. Um, you know, I mean, we just get more information. And again, um, like I said, information is power. Knowledge is power and people perish for lack of knowledge. That's, that's in the Bible. You know, we perish for lack of knowledge. So, or, you know, I mean, we, so we gotta get information out to the people who need it. So thank you so much for coming and as always educating us. I always learn something. And as we wrap up, do you have any closing remarks or comments that you want to share with everybody? Absolutely. So we cannot talk about STDs without talking about prevention. So I have the ABCs of prevention for you. I teach this to my kids. Very easy to remember. Okay. A for abstinence. No sex at all. That is the only 100% effective method of STI prevention. That means no anal sex, no oral sex, or vaginal sex. Okay. Then we have B, which is be monogamous. Okay. What does monogamy mean? Having sex with only one partner. That's mutual monogamy. Mutual. Both <laughs> of y'all are only having sex with each other. <laughs> right. C for condoms. Condoms, when used consistently and correctly, are highly effective at preventing STIs. They are not 100%, but they do greatly reduce that risk. And then lastly, we have D for do get tested. Mm. This means to talk to your partner about testing before having sex. If you are having sex with multiple partners or you like to have casual sex, do you, but just make sure you get those results up front and you get yourself and your partner tested at least every three to six months. Awesome. Good stuff. I like that. The ABCs of prevention. And that is so true. So thank you so much for coming out and sharing your wealth of knowledge with us during this um, April Awareness Month for STIs. So you guys, um, what do they say? First and foremost, you know, you got to look out for yourself, know your status, and then, um, you know, be responsible when you're out there doing whatever it is you're doing, (laughs) and you know, just be responsible. Um, And we will leave you, um, you know, with this episode of Real Talk with Terry After Hours. So everybody, you know, be good, be kind, take care of yourself and be easy on yourself and um, everybody else out there because we all are dealing with something and there's like so much going on in the world today. So just, um, you know, take it easy and, you know, just enjoy life because life is short. So thank you um, and have a great evening. And until next time, we will chat at you later. Bye. Bye.